1: All right, welcome back to Training for Manhood. Uh, this is Dan Panetti, and I've got my friend Gabe Boyd with me again. Hello. And yes, we're, I've got a question uh, for Gabe, um, and it's, it's kind of a question that I came up with um, a little while ago, and I started asking. I had a bunch of young guys at the house this past weekend, um, came down for um, a college football game, and, and uh, I asked them a question. I said this. I said, what kind of a car does a man drive? Um, and, and it was funny um, because the the first guy I asked, right? He said um, a Ford F one hundred and fifty, which which is actually the amen. <laughs> Let's go the, 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 very, the truck that Gabe drives. So when <laughs> I told him this, Gabe's like, "Yep." I was like, "Okay." But the funny thing was, it was he answered it because that was the truck he drove, right? Okay, so just think about this, right? What kind of car does a man drive? Yeah, right. And so you say whatever you drive because you want to be a man. Okay. Okay. Does it make sense? Yes. Like so. This. This. The question really is, like, how do you take the question? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So when I looked at him, I said, What kind of car does a man drive? And he goes, Ford F 150. And I looked at him and I didn't say anything. And then he looks at me kind of like, Okay. So now we're processing. Now we're trying to figure out. Okay. Right. So so just saying what I drive isn't the right answer. So then the next word out of his mouth was Prius. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I was like, What? And he's like, With what the do you Total opposite know? direction. Total I'm opposite, total opposite right? direction. Right. <laughs> it was, it's like wait i i think i know what you're trying to get to right is a man is a responsible citizen of the earth right so he, he drives a prius right and i said i said think about the question for a second yeah right am I, am I actually asking what kind of car does a man drive meaning give me the make model and vehicle of a car right or am i asking you what are the principles of manhood that would help you decide what kind of car you would buy. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes. Right? And so totally. that's that's where the question is so funny. So anyway, once once I told him that, he went and asked everybody else. Of course. You know, what kind of car does a man drive? And you know guy's like, you know, um, you know Ford Mustang because that's what he drove. So yeah. he just, he laughed because he's like, oh, see, it happens too, right? Yeah. Yeah. So my thing was when I was thinking about this concept, right, was what kind of car does a man drive was that idea of when men make decisions, what are the processes? What are the things that we use to make those decisions? Yeah. Right. And, and a vehicle is one of those things that I think is a, is a really important thing, right, to kind of ask ourselves the question of why do we drive the car that we drive?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. Is it is it about a status symbol? Um, is it about a, um, uh, you know, th- this is the most expensive car I can afford? Is it about I mean, what what is it that we do? So I wanted to ask the question. Yeah. right what kind of car does a man drive stick it out there and just kind of see if i can get you know, a little clickbait right see if people can click on it and say, yeah what are you talking about I right love it. you know but in answering that it's kind of interesting right because i actually i drive a truck as well yeah. right and one of the reasons that i bought a truck was when i moved to texas and you know we're kind of young and in our 20s and at that point like everybody was moving right from apartment to apartment mm-hmm. apartment to house right and everybody needed a truck Right. Hey, you know, can I borrow somebody's truck on Saturday night? We're moving. Hey, can I borrow somebody's truck for this? Whatever. And I was like, you know what? If you want to be um, a help to other people, right? Having a truck is a great way to make connections, is to be a help. um, Because when people are moving, you can show up and you know, hey, I got a truck. Right. Hey, somebody, hey, you can borrow my truck. Right. And so part of the processes for me in deciding what kind of vehicle to drive was what's the most useful vehicle that I can get to help as many people as I can. Yeah. Right. And so that was one of the reasons that I bought a truck. What are some other things, as you're just thinking about this yeah. now, right? Because Gabe's like, <laughs> I kind of threw this one at him with without much preparation, which I love. But in thinking about that, what are some other things that you would think of that you would process, right? When a man is going to buy a vehicle, right, what should he take into consideration in terms of what he's processing?
2: Yeah, it, it's, such a great, it's such a great and tricky question, Like. It's almost devious, yeah, kind of, <laughs> especially with the grin with which you wear when you ask this question. Uh, but it really is a great question, and it's it's one of those. Um, it, it just it'll make you think. Um, so, I, as Dan said, I I also drive an F one hundred and fifty. It's a crew cab, uh, and one of the reasons, and one of the stipulations behind me. Um, buying this truck in particular, was I needed a specific year model because um, there was a certain year model range that the F150 made um, these crew cab trucks with a front seat that was more like a bench seat, so the middle folded up and down. Right? So it's not captain's chairs in the front, it's almost like a bench seat. Uh, and so um, that was one of the stipulations for me buying this particular truck was I had to be able to fit six people comfortably in this truck. Yes. Uh, the reason that six is important is because there's six people in my family and my wife and I both work. So there's often times that I've got to go pick up all four of my kids. Uh, and so for me to drive a Prius is not is not going to be conducive to our family life.
1: Okay, so one of the things that we talked about with, the, with these guys, right? We were talking about... Um, you know, when when a man selects a vehicle to drive, right, is taking into consideration, right, his family,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right, and so uh, it's very interesting because um, watching um, some different guys that I know, um, uh, we're you know we're in Dallas, and, and one of the interesting things is you know um, there's a bunch of Ferraris, Maseratis, yep. Lamborghinis, right, that are out on the road as well, right, which which fit two people, right, right. you know, t- two seats, right, right. that's it. And so I'm always kind of like, well, how do you, how do you drive that and have a family, right? Where do, where do the kids fit, right? And the reality is, is well, they don't,
2: Yeah.
1: right? So I'm like, well, how do you drive that as a man? Now, now you may have, you know, a Suburban as well, right? right? But why am I spending $250,000 on a vehicle that I can only put two people in? Yeah. And I think that's part of the question, yeah. right, is what kind of car does a man drive? Well, a man drives a car that, you know, um, fits his family, um, that tells you something about what he considers to be valuable. Yeah right um, and, and I think that's part of the question that, that we need to ask and answer. Um, you can't just you know get a car and drive away and think that it doesn't say something about you. Yeah. it does. it shows what you value whom you value
2: yeah
1: right and, and what their status is. Um, I did have a, a, a guy that I knew right when his kids got into his car, which was a very nice car right always had you know the nicest latest cars or whatever, but he always made his kids take off his shoes to get in the car, okay. And it it made me laugh because um, there's a um, there's a a guy out there named Randy Pausch um, who um, he was a a professor at Carnegie Mellon um, uh, and he uh, had uh, brain cancer. And so he did what was called the last lecture. Um, And so a lot of professors do this like last lecture when they're going to retire. Of course, you know, he was going to die. So they, they let him do that. And so you can Google it. You can watch the video, you know, on YouTube. You can watch Randy Pausch stand there and. Um, talk about the important things of life, right, and show you his brain scan of the 30 tumors that he had, has in his brain, right. Um, so it's a, it's a very powerful, very emotional, right. I actually have the book in front of me um, that they, you know, they took from the lecture. Um, and anyway, one of the chapters in here, chapter 15, um, he talks about this when he was, you know, young and single and his, you know, he had a niece and a nephew. And so he was kind of the, you know, the young, wealthy, single guy. And he'd pull up, you know, to pick up his niece and nephew and take him out for a day and have fun. Well, he pulls up at a brand new um, you know, convertible um, and his sister right, told the you know, kids, hey, be careful because it's you know, Uncle Randy's new car, right. right? And so what he did was he opened up a can of Coke and he poured it in the backseat of the car hmm. and he wanted to show the kids, hey, there's nothing you're going to do to this car right, that I haven't already done that's worse, right? Like, like my, my value isn't the car. The car is just a tool to get us from point A to B. Yeah. What's valuable is you. Yeah. Right. Now he goes on to write about the idea um, that um, his his nephew, I think, actually got sick and threw up in the car. <laughs> right. And so that's was,
2: actually worse than a Coke in the back. Seat. Yeah. yeah
1: but, <laughs> but it was the idea that he was trying to give is yeah. um, a car to him. Right. It's just a vehicle that gets from point A to point B. Right. So no matter how valuable it is, the people that you're transporting are actually more valuable than the car itself. Yeah. And one of the things that I've watched is, right, that there's a lot of men out there that I think the car is more valuable than the people, right? And I think that's the concept of manhood, right, is um, it tells you something about what you value, right? And if you're spending a ton of money on a car, right, that really isn't about transporting people, it's about transporting your Mm self-image, right? I think that's something that we have to question as men, is that what men do?
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's such a, yeah, you've hit it because I'm even thinking about just the laundry list of cars that I've had in my past. And especially when my wife and I were first married, just like, I mean, most newlyweds, we had very little, if any money. Um, But I can remember my dad actually telling me, um, hey, if it's at all possible, um, you need to invest in nice new cars for your wife. And I was like, Okay. Um, Yeah, what about (laughs) me? Why? Like, what am I going to drive? Because it doesn't matter what you drive. Right. You're like you drive the hand-me-down, you drive the one with 200,000 miles on it. You drive the one that that starts every other time. You drive the one because here's the deal: is that she's the one for the most part during the way your week is fashioned. She's the one that's transporting the kids to to all the various activities, to school and back and forth to home. Like she's the one that has your most prized possessions in there. That's right. So make sure that whatever she's driving is reliable, it's guaranteed, and it's safe. Yeah. And then whatever you drive it's just whatever you drive. And so for I mean the first ten years of our marriage, uh, everything I had was a hand me down from what she had already run into the ground. And so I was driving the ugliest old like SUVs and, and these little bitty cars and these you know wannabe trucks and like all of these things that um, that her and the kids had put through the ringer and had finally gotten to the point to where they weren't safe or reliable anymore. Right. And so that now became my new car, new to me, uh, and then they would get what was best. Right. Um, and, so and so, so it, it,
1: tell, it tells you something about what you value. That's right. Right. I think that's that's one of the things that maybe people don't take into consideration. Right. Is what vehicle you drive tells me what you value. Yeah. Right. And what you say, what you're saying is right. I value my wife and my kids. Right? so I want to get the best car that that they can be in right and for me right you know I, I value um, having a car that starts and gets me to where I need to go That's right. but it didn't really matter right I'm not I don't care about all the bells and whistles and all the different things and, and things like that but that tells me what you value um, the other thing it was funny in talking to the guys um, they, they did ask this question so these are all college kids and they said um, does that mean a, a man can drive um, a minivan Right, because it's a big, big conversation, right? And, and and we're in Texas, right? And so there's yeah. a huge conversation between a suburban and a minivan, yeah. right? Uh, the minivan's got lots more bells and whistles and all you know all the different things you can do. And so if you've got a family, right, as, as we do, you've got yeah. six. We've got six. If you've got a big family and you've got to put a lot of people in a vehicle, yeah, right. A minivan is obviously an option, or right, you can double the price, right, and you can get a suburban. That's right, yeah. right. Um, we, we went with the suburban route, mm-hmm. right? Because I always like the, the safest car, right, on the road is the biggest car on yeah. the road. Okay. Um, but I think that the question is, can a man drive a minivan? I think the answer is yes. Yes. A man can drive a minivan because if he values, right, his family and everybody being together, right, a minivan is a great vehicle to do that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, stewardship is also a part of it, mm-hmm. right? A man is not going to put his family and their finances, right, in a stretch just to get a nicer vehicle, right. right? Just to say, oh, I've got to have this, I can't drive that, right? You got to drive what you can afford. And I, I think about, uh, there's a movie out there about the Ford Flex and it's, you know, hey, Ford Flex, it doesn't break the bank, right? <laughs> it's like, you know, why would anybody drive that? It's like, because it's economical, yeah. right? But I think that's a, that's a part of the decision that you have to make as a man, of course. right? Is I've got to be a wise steward of what God has given me and blessed me with. Yeah. And I don't want this to be a financial strain just because I don't want to drive a minivan or just because I don't want to drive that particular vehicle, right? It's like, no, drive the vehicle that isn't a stretch, right, for your family's finances, right? Find one that fits everybody, right? And then be able to get it. That means you may have to drive a used car, right? As you said, you know me, you may have to drive a car with 200,000 miles on it, right? Which I I like mine because mine's got (laughs) 200,000 miles on it. Um, But I think that's an important aspect is, um, you know, asking those questions from a man's perspective, right? And realizing that how you answer them tells me something about what you value.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, something that would be even more of a psychology um, debate maybe is if, if money were no object. So if you take one of those elements out, right. say, say it is finances, right? If money were no object, if you knew that whatever you bought was not going to put you in a financial pickle, like what car would you buy then? Uh, and it'd just be interesting to hear. Okay, so if if I'm not worried about because so often like our minds will run instantaneously because outside of our homes, a car is the next biggest purchase that That's we'll right. ever make. That's right for most of us. And so, um, and so I just wonder like, okay, so if I shifted away from the financial aspects of of will this put my family in jeopardy this way? So as I care for my family, I care about our financial situation. If I take that out of the picture. Is there anything else that I care about, or any other way that I feel responsible to lead my family, uh, whether it be by example or in my decision making? So, if money's no object, what car do I buy then? Uh, I, I just think that would be an interesting twist to a question, even uh, for somebody who may be so in tune with their finances to say, "Well, I'm going to buy the one I can afford because that keeps us in the healthiest place as a family. Right. Uh, we're not in debt to our eyeballs." Um, but if if that if that's if that's not if that's not the case, if you have tons of money, well, then what what fam- what car are you buying now? Are you still buying that family car? Or are you buying that Porsche? Uh, I, I just think that would be an interesting. Um, angle to take with some guys just to see where their their priorities are set. Yeah, I had
1: lunch with a guy who told me um, he was kind of at the point where he was uh, ready to retire. Uh, And he said, uh, I've made enough money for my family. And I said, I think your idea of family is too small. And he's like, what do you mean? I said, you're talking about family like your biology, right? The kids that you have, right? You've made enough money to support the kids that you have. I said, the idea of family in scripture is um, anybody who's in need, Mm -hmm right and so the idea is that you know god has obviously given this man a gift to make money yeah i said i need you to go use that gift make money just expand your definition of family yeah right you need to look for other kids that are out there that need your influence right that need what you can do um but just not just your biological kids mm-hmm. and i think that's one of the things right if you said you know, if money's no object yeah right well the reality is is you know Money's always an object for somebody, right. right? The concept is just what are you prioritizing your money toward? Yeah. And if your money is always prioritized towards you mm-hmm. and yours as opposed to kingdom and bigger picture, yeah. right? I think that's that's a concept that, you know, um, a car tells me a lot about what you drive or what you what you value because the concept is um, a lot of people right I need a car a new car every 3 years, right? Why? Why do I need a new car every 3 years, yeah. right? Um, and I think part of that is because I need to uphold the image, right, that, you know, I'm always in something new, I'm always, right, and I'm just like, that tells me something about what you value. Yeah, for right? sure. Right? And, and I think that's an important question to kind of ask and answer. Now, we may we may answer it differently, right, uh, depending on where we are, what our status is, and things like that, but I think it's an important question for men to ask, um, and not a, not in a joke, right, you know, hey, what kind of car does a man drive, right? Um, but really just kind of wrestling with the principles of how do you make the decisions that you make yeah. um, what are the what are the guiding forces right that you stay within um, and you have to ask yourself and, and be honest with yourself that if you're making decisions based on um, how do I feel about this and what does this communicate to other people about my value mm-hmm. um, I think you know that's a that's a, a concept I remember uh, I've got a good good friend who's a um, a real estate agent, and, you know, his concept is is I have to have a four-door vehicle, um, and it has to be, you know, a particular year and a particular model because when people get into my car, I'm driving them all around the city, and I was like, that's, yeah, that's totally understandable, yeah. right? Um, so so there's, you know, work vehicles, right, that you have to have, right? Um, there's, you know, I have to buy this particular car because of, you know, X, Y, and Z, Right. But if you could buy whatever your car you want and you're not asking the question what does this say about me what does this communicate about what i value right i think you're kind of missing the point so in saying that yeah. you got to help me think about this right okay. what would be a takeaway from that right if you if you're a young guy um you know you're, you're kind of starting your job and you're going out looking for a vehicle or you're an older guy and you, you open the door and you look out in the garage. Yeah. Right. What, what's our takeaway from that of what we what we're going to ask men to do this week?
2: Yeah. I, I mean, here's a, at the end of the day, like the, this question is so much bigger than cars. It it's not about the car. And you, and you already said that uh, I was reading the other day. Um, it, it is presumed that we make about thirty five thousand choices or decisions a day. Uh, I don't know what all that, I don't know how they come to that number, uh, but let's just say that that's close. We can okay. make 35,000 decisions a day. Uh, and, and so the question I have to like wrestle with, even with a silly question of what kind of car do you drive or would you drive is how am I making these decisions? Like what is the anchor that I have that that helps steer me in the direction of the the choice or the decision that I will make, even if it seems like the most inconsequential mm-hmm. or, or if it is one of the most important decisions of my day or maybe my life. Right. Uh, what steers that for me? And, and so I think I think for me, like the takeaway is how do I really get back to um, what 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 is that rudder that I use to help me make decisions? Um, is it my own is it my own image? Is it my own uh, ego? Is it my own choice? Does everything start with me and right. end with me? Uh, or is it about others? Is it about the truth of the gospel? Is it about what God has done for me? Like, where is the truth that I'm feeding myself that's in, that is coming out in my decision-making processes? Like, how do I get back to, okay, um, th- these decisions at the end of the day, while they may affect me, they're not about me.
1: Yeah. So here's a, here's a question. Right, uh, we often ask, you know, what would Jesus do? Uh-huh. Right, um, you know, there's a book, right, by that title, and, and you know, a lot of people have the little bracelet, you know, WWJD. Yeah. So, so I guess the, the concept is, um, if Christ were alive during this time, right? So, you know, Jesus alive 2,000 years ago, we didn't have to worry about what car he drove because he walked everywhere, right? But if he were if he were here living in, you know, Texas today, right, what kind of car do you think he would drive? A Ford
2: F-150. I mean, no <laughs> doubt about it. Crew cab with a bench seat, obviously. <laughs> uh, I, I'm sorry that I, that's a great question. I I, I don't know. I, I think that his that he would make his choice or decision based on what's good for those around him. Yeah. It would be a sacrificial one. Whatever decision he made, uh, beyond the make, model, year, or how much it cost, it would be a sacrificial decision on so, his, boy, so on his think, part. So
1: I think right. So there yeah. is the question. Right there's the question because it's not about cars, even though the question, what kind of vehicle would you drive? The question is, right, what are the, what are the, what are the, as you said, what are the rudders that help you make these decisions? Right, what are you looking at in your evaluation process? And I think, right, just because you can afford something, right, for me, it's the concept of um, doesn't mean you have to, right? You know, everything's permissible, not everything's beneficial. My concept is, you know, ask yourself why you're making the decisions that you're making. Um, And just because you can afford, you know, that car, right, is that really the image that you want to give to people um, and demonstrate to them what you think is valuable? So there's my question, I guess, is um, evaluate your decision-making process. uh, Be honest with yourself. uh, And as you make decisions going forward, take that into consideration as you're thinking about what does this say about me and what does this say about what I value?
0: Thank you for listening to Training for Manhood. If you found the conversation to be valuable, make sure to rate us where you listen to podcasts. Also, check out additional content on our website, trainingformanhood.com. That's training4manhood.com. Until next time, in the words of King David, be strong and show yourself a man.